Welcome everyone, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. My name is Emma and my co-hosts today are Catherine, Annie, Sonny, Zanida and Ricardo. Our special guest today is Rose, who is a former, former student at Braybrook College. Hi Rose, welcome to the show. Hi, lovely to be here. Um, so you were a former flight attendant, right? I was. Um, so what do you do now? So right now I am an engagement officer at the Department of Jobs, Precincts and Regions. So a little bit of a mouthful, but it's just basically a Victorian public service role. Um, so as we know, you're a ex-Braybook student and you did VCAL. So how would you say the VCAL program prepared you for what you're doing today? Yeah, um, well, under the guidance of beautiful Miss Petrides, um, I was able to oh, do everything that's got to do with real life learning. So um, from my driver's license to um, work placements, um, it really helped to develop my skills that I apply today in my work workplace. Yeah. Okay, so as an ex-student to a current student, what's the best way of getting an upgrade? Oh, an upgrade, as in how to get yourself prepared for the real yes. life. Okay, um, good question. Uh, just really, really honing in on your work experiences at the moment. Um, really take out um, your experiences from the real life workplace and try to speak to it as much as possible. Um, I always say to um, my little brother who's 15 this year um, that whatever workplaces you find yourself in, whether that's a part-time job or a work placement, it is always smart to walk away with somebody to bat for you. Um, it's important to be networking and creating those relationships with people who can speak to you and your work ethic, especially when you're looking for um, you know other positions in the world so um, the relationships that you create here within the school um, is equally as important as the relationships that you create within your workplaces um, and that speaks true for volunteering um, as well as any extracurricular activities that you might do so yeah just network and you know um, be yourself because um, that's kind of the best way to push yourself forward, um, having the right people behind you and cheering for you. Um, hi Rose, my name is Ricardo. I was wondering um, what skills do you think VCAL students have that VC students don't? Right. Um, I think a lot of practical skills. I think the fact that your cur curriculum allows you to go out there and actually connect to the community that's surrounding you as opposed to just, you know, the fences of the school, um, it really, really helps you, yeah, network. Um, like I was saying, the importance of networking and building relationships outside. Um, I think the VCAR curriculum allows you to do that more so than the VCE. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Hi Rose, um, my name is Sonny. Um, my question is, what, what, do you, or what do you see as challenges like in your job? Like, everyday challenges or things yeah. that you see that's difficult? Yeah, um, that's a really good question because I initially um, chose flight attending as a career because I wasn't a person for routine. Um, and as a routine as school might be, um, I think coming out of school, I wanted to get into something that wasn't the same um, same thing every single day. I didn't want a nine to five. I didn't want an office job. So I decided that maybe shift work um, is the thing for me. So the challenges in my current job is probably just that, the nine to five kind of roster in the Monday to the Friday. Um, 
I'm finding that I'm struggling a little bit more settling into the office as we're um, transitioning from a work from home um, kind of model. Um, but coming into the office has its perks, like it's nice to see the city is up in the live again um, and being able to see people that you've met online in person. You know, you never know how tall somebody might be or, you know, how, how they might pre present themselves. So, um, yeah, the struggles at the moment in my job really is just the rostering and the routines around it, but I'm settling in. <laughs> um, so we've heard about your challenges that you may face in work, but um, I wanted to know what you love most about your job now, your current job. Oh, wow. Um, ooh. I'm really, really loving that I'm able to learn more about the state government. Um, <laughs> I can't say that in high school um, anything to do with the state government really sparked any interest, um, you know, like you just kind of think that these programs exist. But it's really, really interesting to be um, behind the scenes and to be able to um, talk to people who actually develop these programs and these grants that exist to help the community. So um, in a more community-focused um, kind of mindset. I prefer working for the public service because of the fact that I'm able to contribute back into the community that brought me up, so yeah. Could you possibly tell us a bit more about your job as a flight attendant, yeah. your former job? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, straight out of high school, I did a six-month cabin crew course, which was a Certificate three in cabin crew specialising like aviation. Um, and that was with William Anglis. And now we did a tour with William Anglis, I believe, when we were in year 12. Um, and Miss Petridis facilitated that tour for us to um, kind of just see what's available out there in terms of TAFE courses. Um, and I found after going to that tour that it was it really sparked my interest in pursuing that pathway um was it the did it teach me the most I would say 50 50 I think a lot of the skills that's got to do with flight attending comes from how you create your work character and how you carry yourself in the workplace fast-paced environments isn't particularly in a school you find that more so within your part-time jobs so um I found that all of my transferable skills really came from my part-time job at Macca's rather than what I actually learnt um, in the six months that I was with William Anglis. Not to say that it was quote-unquote a waste of time, I would never say that, but it you, you would benefit more putting yourself out there into the hospitality industry if you really wanted those transferable skills to take over into the aviation industry. Um, if you're stuck and not sure that flying might be the occupation for you, I would just say go for it first and then, um, you know, if you do get back that call back for the interview, that's when you reevaluate re as to whether or not you actually want to stick with this style of, let's say, hospitality. Um, so, yeah, I got uh, very luckily landed a position as a cabin crew with Qantas and I cannot speak you know, more positive about my experiences there. It was the best job in the world. And um, for the three years that all of my friends who stepped straight out of school into university, instead of, you know, having my head in the books, I was just actually traveling Australia and getting to meet people from all different backgrounds. And um, the good thing about Qantas is that they've got very, very experienced crew on board. 
So often I'll be flying with people who has had 40 plus years experience in the air. And you get to hear about stories like, you know, what happens when tragedies um, takes place in the world and how that impacts aviation. And then you learn behind the scenes as to how safety and security procedures reflect um, true life events. So um, it was a really, really great learning experience for me. And it really, really taught me how to even network better. Um, uh, with your time at Qantas, were you uh, happy with being there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it was it was fun. Um, but beyond beyond the fun, I was able to, yeah, just learn about people. I think if you're able to talk to people and you're able to understand people, that's when your things like your interview skills will just automatically improve, you know, um, and having to deal with such a wide range of stakeholders, you know, we would have, oh, we'd have ministers on board and senators on board and we'd have basketball teams and we'd have charter flights out and it will be interesting to meet all these cohort of people who comes from all these different backgrounds, but then they're stuck in the metal tube, 30,000 feet in the air with you and they have to listen to you. So um, I don't know if that just speaks to me being a little bit of a Scorpio and I, <laughs> I like control. No, um, but it definitely was um, challenging being put, thrown into the deep end as an 18 year old, having to tell very, very, you know, respectable people hey, this is what you should be doing because this is safety and security. So, um, yeah, it definitely built up my confidence. And um, if it taught me anything at all, it taught me that um, grooming <laughs> is something that you'll carry on for life um, as well as, you know, how you just present yourself as a person. Yeah. Um, if you could go back in time, would you change the fact that you did VCAL or do you think it was right for you? Oh, not at all. <laughs> no, I, um, I have always been a person that didn't respond very well to high, really, really high pressure environments to do with academics. Um, not to, that, that doesn't speak to, you know, anybody's intelligence at all. Um, but yeah, I wasn't one for the books. Um, sitting down in exams and being in that quiet room and you hear the ticking and you're like, it, it made me really anxious. And um, VCAL gave me an altern alternative learning environment that I was able to apply myself and also speak the truest to my strengths. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't change it at all. Okay, so I'm sure everybody has been on flights and I just wanted to know, um, the job seems glamorous. Is it always that glamorous? <laughs> um, not at all. I think just like every single job, um, there is always um, inevitably a downside. The downside to flying um, ironically enough, I, I said that I love shift work and that's why I chose it. But the, the best thing about it can also be its, you know, own downfall. So, yeah, the shift work was, was tough um, and adjusting like my physical body and my mental health kind of adjusting to the nature of the shift work was really difficult. Your body is not the same, you know, on the ground as it is at altitude and in my first month of flying, I actually fell very, very ill. I think I did 168 hours of just air time in one month. And um, it took me places like I spent my 19th birthday in Hobart, you know, enjoying champagne with, you know, the crew. And then it took me to Bali, you know, just to for the first time. But in that 160 like 68 hours, it really, really broke down my physical body and it taught me the importance of taking care of your 
health in general, especially when you're trying to upkeep with a job that is so demanding of your physical health. Yeah, so definitely the downside to that. But eventually you'll get used to it. Um, it it's just about how um, how much of a priority your health actually is to you for you to be able to make that transition um, because as cabin crew, you get really taken care of. So every single hotel you stay at, um, you know, is um, soundproof and there is blackout curtains and there is access to gyms and there is walkable distance to chemists and we do have um, doctors that takes care of us the moment that we do fall ill. Um, but it's about using what's been given to you and um, really, really um, taking advantage of that so that you can keep your health in check and continue with the job that you love. Um, if you're tuning in, you're listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. Live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Emma and my co-hosts today are Catherine, Annie, Sonny, Zanida and Ricardo and our special guest today is Rose. Um, I do have a question for you. Um, I was wondering um, how was ground school as a flight attendant? I love that you know what ground school is. Um, yes, ground school for me was seven weeks of really intensive training in Sydney. Now, once again, I've never lived out, outside of home by myself um, at 18, you know, fresh out of the six months course. Um, it was really exciting that I even got this job. Um, so relocating to Sydney by myself for seven weeks, tough, really, really tough. Um, I missed home. Um I wasn't familiar with the city. I personally haven't been there before prior to actually moving there for seven weeks. So um, I found myself really reliant on the support group that was around me, but also the support group that was at home. It speaks a certain of um, dedication from the communication that you have from your support pillars here to be able to support you over there when you're so far away. Um, ground school sometimes would go from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Um, they say that's nine to five. It's not nine to five. It usually would go from around, you know, about a 12 hour period. And it was tough. They test everything and we would be sitting down for an exam every single day. Um, it was a lot of content to take on just because of how serious airlines take their safety and security. So you'll have to learn everything from scratch, from the service to you know the how to operate a door and how to evacuate an entire aircraft in about 90 seconds and I'm sure that you've heard all these talk before um, whether that's from ex-airline crew or pilots but it really is a different experience being there. I can tell you that the fun part was you know as sliding down the slide and being able to do our water drills um, where um, Qantas actually has got a training facility set up so that they can host a fully like inflated like life raft um, from an A380. So we would have to put on our life jackets, inflate them, jump out of the aircraft, swim, rescue our teammates, and also learn how to raft command and touch on survival skills and how to actually keep morale up um, if a situation like that was to arise. We learn everything from, you know, why it is important um, to know your safety and security, but also how to um, crowd control and how to actually relay this information in simpler terms to passengers who may be on board 
and may not respect those rules as much. So you learn a lot as to how to deal with people, how to deal with situations, um, and also just the history of aviation, you know, how things like 9-11 really impacted um, the way that um, they've structured the training. So, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, we know now that you're not in aviation anymore. Did you see it as like a stepping stool or like something you saw yourself in long term? Yeah, yeah. Good question. Um, look, I thought I was going to be a flight attendant for at least 20 years um, because of how much I love the nature of the job. But of course, I couldn't predict um, that COVID was going to come along. And <laughs> similar to, you know, a lot of other industries like events, um, aviation really, really got stomped on. Um, and so when COVID hit, everything that I have kind of planned out for myself in the next 10 to 15 years kind of went down the drain because I saw that, you know, an almost, you know, untouchable industry has been almost collapsed. So in that I had to find alternatives as to how I could actually support myself. And the situation that I was in was really unique because of the fact that I actually bought a house before everything went downhill. So um, now not only did I have um, my own personal life to take care of, but also this, you know, lingering mortgage on my head. So that's when I decided to weigh up the pros and the cons and to decide to step into um, an industry that might be a little bit that might give me a little bit more stability if COVID was to come around the corner round two, touch wood. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wanted something stable and I wanted something that would be able to financially set me up for a life where I can choose to return to flying just for fun. So we know that um, you're an ex-student from Brabham College. Um, from your past experiences at this school, what would you like, what's, um, what's a piece of advice you'd give to um, graduating VCAL students? Yeah. Um, well, I've said this before, but I definitely recommend debating. <laughs> if Mr. Nguyen is not here, but um, is Mr. Nguyen still around? Yes, yes. So I'm sure Mr. Nguyen still runs with the de debating team. I couldn't recommend it enough. It was one of those extracurricular activities that allowed me to build my confidence in the way that I speak um, in front of people. So um, there's something about speaking in a high-pressured environment where you have to speak for eight minutes straight, nonstop, um, that really, really preps you for interviews in real life because that's what it is. You're in front of a panel and this panel is actively judging you. So there is a way to respond and there is a correct way to respond. Um, and debating taught me that. So look, it's probably too late to kind of pick up debating if you are graduating this year, but at the same time, I would highly recommend maybe just talking to mentors that you have here on school grounds as to um, how you can actually better prepare yourself for things like interviews, how to structure a cover letter, how to structure a resume, you know, what's important in it and what's not. Because more often than not, when I'm reading through people's resume to just fix it up, people are saying too much. And um, when you're selling yourself on a piece of paper, it's often very hard to filter out what you're trying to say. So if you can spend some time, you know, just even 20 minutes a day, just finalizing the documents that you have in order to put yourself out there to employers, you will have no problem at all getting a job. Yeah. Yep. So that's all. That's all we have time for today. Thank you to our special guest, Rose. Thank um, you. It's been a 
Great pleasure talking to you today, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You have been listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. My name is Emma, and my co-hosts today are were Catherine, Annie, Sonny, Zanida, and Ricardo. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found the information used today useful. Until next time, have a great day.